I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Get off the path. Climb a fucking tree. Go, go. Just go into it. Just go back out into it. And don't know. You don't. You don't always need to know where you're going, and you don't need to know why you're walking down a particular direction. You don't need to. You just like, you know, follow the girl with apple blossoms in her hair. Like follow a whim. Follow. Just follow it. Follow it. You'll, you'll come back out. Like. Hello and welcome to a life in Dublin. I'm your host Mark, and with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit, at least. Many of you who are Irish and enjoy sport will know of my next guest from his hurling days in County Wexford. For those listening from outside of Ireland or for those who aren't so familiar with hurling, it's one of Ireland's national sports. A sport which I think most of us will agree involves a ridiculous amount of skill and courage. I recommend checking it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it before. Dermot's time as a hurler has been very well covered in a number of other interviews, so I decided to use my time with him to find out more about his work with Wild Irish Retreats. We talk about ancient Irish lost traditions, modern life as a man, being the author of your own story, and a lot more. Thanks Emil for giving us a bit of your time to listen to us today. We get there's a thousand million other things you could be listening to, so very much appreciate your attention. Remember, sharing this podcast with a friend, leaving a rating or review can be so incredibly helpful to us, so we'd appreciate that support if you're willing. Now, here's my conversation with Dermot from County Wexford, Ireland. So people want to see you, it's like a fucking, a, like, it's like you're witnessing a conversation that's unfolding naturally as opposed to, you know, like, yeah, you see sometimes conversations where there's like, pre-empted like there's interesting stuff that happens and you're like fuck follow that track but it's like no no there's a, a question there's a I have a yeah. question and it's yeah. like Shit, we just lost something there so it, it, that's the like that's why off the ball and these things have been so successful it's like observing what lads in a pub will be saying about the thing that you've watched and you want to see what 
how you're how you how you how you measure up like you know not measure up in a sense of whether you're right or wrong but just like oh yeah what did they see that i didn't see or what did what did they not see that i see it seems yeah. very interesting to people uh, and, and for me anyway i think if curiosity and following my own curiosity generally tends to i think lighten up a, a conversation to a certain extent um in terms of you might say something to me which i'll I'll become fascinated by and and that that it's just the nature of a conversation i'm I'm just trying to overcomplicate what a conversation actually is but uh. <laughs> no that's uh, no i don't i don't think so i don't think so i don't agree with you uh, i think rick rubin is a rick rubin the the music producer mm. his name? Like, yeah. he's definitely like he's pinhole that now for me more than anybody else in that like you know he says he doesn't have any great musical background or doesn't play music in the way that obviously the musicians he works with he just follows what he like once he responds he trusts that whatever his his response is and i think that's what i think that's what we're all after in yeah. many respects like just to to be able to trust yourself uh, and to be willing to follow through on it and then to see where the chips lie at the end of it i mean that's the that's maybe the hard <laughs> that's the part where <laughs> that's where we all struggle yeah 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 where yeah. where are you exactly right where are you right now wait as you're talking I don't know to us what, what i'm like where i i what i'm in or like what part of the world i'm in <laughs> both uh i'm in my i'm in my camper van that's almost um roadworthy um myself and my partner and two kids will be living in it very shortly but uh paperwork um aside from that being my my strong point um <laughs> and, and and box ticking that whole that whole uh dynamic um it's also just to get a to get a bus down from she was a 14 seater minibus so she was above the three and a half thousand kg threshold so you have to get it re-evaluated or re whatever that word is written down on paper as being less than three five so it's there's a conversion process that's arduous enough but it's been very difficult to get the to get the classification of the vehicle down um and i mean i've made it more difficult probably than it has needed to be but we moved house from kerry and then made the tax office and then the tax office in kerry somehow have different demands in the tax office in dungarvan where siobhan's family are from and i'm currently in wexford uh this mm. is the fight the uh which is an area of wexford where my brother lives and i'm just outside of his house because i've just landed back from wicklow where i do a men's retreat this weekend um so i'm not fully out of that um and just kind of i don't want to go back into a house like do you know i don't know what will happen to me i'm afraid I'm afraid spontaneously I'm combust. Home, I, yeah, I just yeah i just turn into a fucking human who exists in a house again and i miss being out in the out under the big beach tree that we were under, like running a sweat lodge and just covered from head to toe, like in muck and leaves and 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 all of that stuff. And it's just so. I don't know what it is. I don't know edifying. There's loads of words there, but like it's just so naturally fucking nice. Um, for as much what it brings as 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 you let go, I think it's probably probably for me more so what I let go of in that it's not necessarily that I feel like I'm all of a sudden connected to the micro microorganisms of the soil that are crawling over my body or whatever it's that I'm that I'm I just feel a letting go of my house self 
of my mm. little story, my little story about mm. what I do and who I am and how I interact with people and stuff. I just that, I'm, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to return to it. Uh, but I do, I do because I come back, you know, you come back with such gold from those experiences that I don't need to, I don't need to worry about it too much, but I'm um, safer out here for the moment. What what exactly? So for, for, I guess for people listening, what you're describing, obviously, as you said, is, um, you know, you did a retreat, a specific men's retreat in the, in the Wicklow mountains. Yeah. Um, what is the, well, first, but before you, you describe kind of what it is exactly, um, what's the objective of it? Like without sound, what trying to sound too, maybe scientific or whatever, like what's the reason, the, the primary reason for, for going on that retreat? Healing, healing, healing is the biggest reason to go on that retreat. Um, healing is a very general term so that's like there's different it comes in different forms for people like for for most people it's a release like for most men they're playing a role you know to play the role of the man and there's still a boy inside them and there's still uncertainty inside them and there's still fear inside them there's still all of those things inside of them and mm. those fears and uncertainties can sometimes eat them up when things maybe aren't aren't flowing so well or or when they're very very busy or when mm -hmm. the expectation of another is getting kind of overwhelming there, there's just there doesn't seem to be much of a of a of a release valve for men um in the same way that women might i don't know they seem to get together and chat about these things in a in a more natural way i'm i'm not 100 percent sure about that but i just know for men we we don't seem to do it we get together and we have yeah. our releases in different ways you know we we you know we we drink we drink yeah. excessively and we let go of some shit there like but it, it's not it's not really super productive like because of what follows because of where you're releasing it from um yeah it, it doesn't seem to be cutting it anyway and there's more and more fellas are starting to kind of ask questions about how they spend their time who they spend their time with i think women are asking more questions of fellas say look at maybe 20 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, maybe five years ago, but it, it, we're looking for more. Um, but I think the fellas themselves primarily, it really, it's, not, it's not really about what women are looking for. It's about what, what the fellas are looking for themselves. I think that's where the call, um, I think that's where the call is answered. They're mm. doing everything right, doing everything by the book, doing everything as they should do, following the kind of guidelines. You know, they've studied hard, they've worked, they've gone to school, they've, They've gotten the job. It's somewhere in the line of what they're good at or what they like. And still there's a, a, a what John Moriarty calls a divine dissatisfaction. And there's still a question. There's still something that's not quite there. Um, and so they need a space um, yeah. where the walls of reality come down a little bit. Just the re like the reality that we create, like in our in our stories, you know, this is a wall over across from me, and that's a window, and that's a signpost, and they're all hard and fast as to what they are. But you know, you take that door off the hinges and stick it onto two legs, and all of a sudden you have a table. Like you know, it doesn't have to be a door; it's only a door in the sense of as as part of your story. It is so. Mm -hmm. I you you really want those stories to fall away um, for fellas. Their stories about themselves and their life and who they are and their sense of themselves. Um, and to see what's behind them, 
to see who's yeah. cultivating the story and why they're cultivating the story and creating the story in that way and would it serve them to break from that reality a bit um to move in a different way to 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 speak in a different way to release like you know real raw release <clears throat> in a way that they're not comfortable with and they think maybe when they see somebody else doing it this is this is uncomfortable and this is not what mommy and daddy used to let us do and this is not what how we should be because I don't see anybody else doing this but I kind of feel just actively encourage that kind of a setting because it breaks it breaks the reality it breaks it breaks the the monotony of of certainty um and once you break that then I think it it opens the door for different stories to come in and once your story is unveiled to you, you realize that you're you were you were authoring it the whole time. And when you mm. realize you were authoring it the whole time, it means very fast behind that realization is the realization that you can change how you author it and you can play with it and you can dance with it and you can you know with it, you can stir the beast, you can start you know, you can prod the bear, like you can do different things and it may not end up in the way that you think it would end up. It may end up in very, very different ways where I suppose the primary fear is is being thrown out of the tribe. That's what keeps us yeah, in line. 100%. We're, we're yeah. all afraid that we'll be cast from the tribe. And I'm afraid I'll be cast from the tribe. I don't want to be cast from the tribe at all. Like, you know, I, mm. I love this sense of tribe. I, I definitely w- had to go and find a tribe whose barriers were a little bit wider because I think mm. uh, I felt I needed that because there was just so many parts of me that couldn't get expression um, and so that's 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 <clears throat> I mean there's loads of things and there's loads of reasons why we do it I mean that's myself and Michael Ryan who, who I run the retreats would have never sat down and said oh this is what we do I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm kind of fresh from the experience you know I'm still in it a little bit um, so I'm just telling you what I felt was going on for the lads in the group those yeah, fellas from I, all all kinds of different backgrounds um and i found we went further and deeper and moved more in the direction of what we will loosely term healing uh the the more the walls came down of what lads expect their reality to be um mm. And that's really nice. That's really nice to see that happen. Yeah, absolutely. Ken, first of all, it sounds fantastic. And I think that men, Irish men, I, I don't mean to say this in particular, but I think going back to what you said about a reliance on on alcohol, basically on drink to release the pressure, to blow off the steam, as we'd say, um, <clears throat> is obviously there's there's a huge culture of that here. So I don't mean to say Irish men in particular, but I do think within the culture of Ireland, um, yeah, there's there's an over-reliance on, on something like going out and getting locked to blow off a bit of steam. And I think we need something. And, and I 100% agree with you in the sense that, um, you know, women are starting to ask more questions, which I think is an absolute fantastic thing where they're like they're holding... Uh, perhaps standards to a higher level um, and that can only be good for us uh, as a man saying that I would 100% feel that yeah. possibly possibly there's we're skirting a da- we're, we're skirting dangerous territory there for men I think like you know <laughs> yeah, um, 
That's true. That's true. And I'm going to take that as true. But, you know, there's not only one truth to things. Like, you know, something can be true and the polar opposite can be true as well. Like, this is what we've learned from quantum dynamics now. Like, we can see that these are, mm-hmm. you know, the building blocks of the universe aren't what we thought they initially were. Like, we've had to re-evaluate re- re- those things. And so much of the online space is like, oh, so if you're saying this, it means you're you're, you're saying it's not that. It's like, no, no, I, I can say that it's that and it's that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it can be those two yeah. things. So... To yeah, to to give that its credence first. Yes, it's a good thing. I completely agree, Mark. It is a good thing that women are, are have stood up. There has been a rise. There's been a clear, a very clear rise, and there has been demands. And we maybe fellas just had a cushy for so long that you know we didn't need to because we were the ones in control. Um, mm-hmm. and women have had enough of that, and they're starting to ask bigger questions, and they've gained far more autonomy and freedom of thought, and there's been a celebration of the internal movements of what it is to be, um, for for females maybe the representation of the feminine or to have that energy at least stronger in themselves, um, and that's been that's that's been a good that's a that's a good thing, um. I don't like aspects of it where, for example, I, I, I see towards maybe particularly 50 to 80 year old men, we'll say now who kind of spread the legs and fucking tell people like, this is the way it is. And, and you've just got, you know, young women now, like I'm not talking about young women, it could be 30, 40, whatever. Like they're just saying like, like I'm not, I'm not standing here listening to this anymore. Like I don't, you know, I don't need, you, you don't know what you're talking about. You're not alive in the conversation. You're not, you're not able to listen. You haven't allowed for the emergence of, you know, newer ways of understanding the world. And yet you're speaking to me with this certainty. So I'm sorry, you sound like a fool. And I, and, and, there, and there's mm-hmm. that, there's that feeling. And, and my heart breaks for the 50 year old man who doesn't realize all of these things are going on in the inter- interaction. So I don't, that's why I'm saying it, yeah. it's a good thing, but there's, there's not, it's not all good. Yeah. The other side of that, the other side of that is, as women emerge into themselves uh, in the way that there is a continue to get stronger, they have ideas about what the masculine should be or what the male version of the masculine should be, um, mm-hmm. and that wide, wide variety of what those things are for sure. Um, and there's a certain amount of that that should be paid, you know, very, very honest and, uh, um, you know, paid heed to that should be paid heed to for sure. But there's also an aspect of the male experience of the masculine that the female will never know. Like, that's mm-hmm. it. Full stop. You don't know. You might have ideas that men should be vulnerable. You might have ideas that men should talk more or whatever. Maybe some of those things are right, but they, I think they all have to be prefaced with the knowledge that you don't know because you don't know what it's like to be a man experiencing the masculine. You don't know yeah. and you'll never know. Very same way as I won't ever know what it's like to be a woman experiencing the feminine. You know, yeah. I just have a kind of a healthy, maybe I, I'm not, I shouldn't, I suppose, decide if it's healthy or not, but I do have a, a respect for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a wonder and an awe and a frustration with the chaos of it. Um, but but primarily, like I, I just admire the kind of the beauty of of the flow of the feminine. Um, for the masculine, that's just very different. And so um, sometimes I get, I just get a bit, I would say, probably defensive. Like I get defensive, and that's not necessarily a great energy to always come out of. But I do get defensive sometimes when I feel things going down that track of men need to be 
on the basis of what women think men need to be. And I'm like, I'm, I, I feel more, probably five years ago, I might've been cheerleading it. Now I, I have more of an inclination to stand my, beside my brothers and say, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You might be right. We'll take it on, hopefully. But mm-hmm. just remember, you don't know. You, you yeah. can't be sure. Um, so instead of staying in that place of, you know, reactivity or whatever it is towards, you know, whatever any woman says, the only thing that I could think of to do was to start gathering with more men and see what's going on, see what's going on under the bonnet, see what's, see how lads are feeling, uh, listen to their stories, um, create the conditions in which they're able to tell their stories, uh, be broken open by them. Have gone to depths in myself that I'm able to create spaces enough for fellas to go to those depths, and that's all. It's an ongoing process, certainly not a certainly not a completed one, but it's been beautiful. Um, Can I ask how do you um, let let's say I'm I'm going to I'm I'm partaking in this retreat. Um, yeah. and we want to get to the depths of of me to the depths of my story to the depths of what I've created for myself. Um, what, what's the, what does that process look like? Um, it's, it's, there's so much, um, Mm. there's tools, there's tools that I want to encourage you to use. I suppose there's tools that I use then that I know, um, assist in the creation of certain conditions that allow for, you know, breakthrough, breakdown, whatever that is. So an example of that, and this is one that I've picked up from that conversation with the feminine of saying like, look at these are some tools you could use. And I'm like, okay, what are they and what happens? And I, so I went and I did them. And so we run a sweat lodge on the retreats and Mm -hmm. the sweat lodge is essentially, it's it's an ancient Irish practice. It's an old Irish practice that was practiced here for years and it deals with affairs of the soul. Primarily, that's it's that's it's. There was a medical use for it for sure, um, because it was you know it was why it was in widespread use in places like Leitrim up to hundred years ago. But in some of our more alternative histories, you will hear the you know you will hear stories of the sweat lodge being a place where, when men came back from you know warring with the next tribe before they reintegrated into the tribe, before they held their kids again, before they lay with their wife again, they would have to undergo the purification process of a sweat lodge where like an outdoor sauna, essentially where you sweat out what you've seen, you sweat out what you've done, you sweat out what you thought. So that that's parked, that time is done. And then you can then return to village life and be the man that you're supposed to be in the village. Now, something like that to me has phenomenal repercussions in like, you know, you, you don't have to go back far to see, it's been beamed in to our culture by the um, onslaught of Americana and, and television. And we know what happened in the Vietnam War. We know how those people came back from that and how broken they came yeah. back. Um, and, yeah. and I can't help but think sometimes when I see a lot of the commentary around, we'll say Ukraine, you know, and how we have to, we have to welcome all of the Ukrainians. And, um, and, and, and then some people say we don't have to, and then other people say we do. And then we get into this kind of, we do and we don't. And sometimes I'm asking the question, well, what are we do? What are we welcoming them, welcoming them to? Are the people who are arguing that we should welcome them aware of the depths of our culture? Uh, are they, uh, are they loaded with those tools to, to navigate that? Like, so in that instance, you've got something like a sweat lodge and you've got people 
I'm sure, I mean, I, I don't know, but it seems like what's going to happen because the wives of, of a lot of soldiers are, are, are all living here and this is quite a nice yeah. place, I would say, comparative to a war zone and, and the aftermaths of a war zone. So I imagine some of them are going to come over, you know, they, it would yeah. make sense that they would come over. And what are we going to, how are we going to deal with that? Like, how are we going to deal with the, the PTSD? Like, you know, and here, here we are sitting on this like gem in our, in our, in our, in our, in our, in our culture that says, well, look at, we could give you a heap of drugs, which is, you know, what we, what we generally do, um, to, to, to questionable effect. How about we, how about we, 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 we take it on, like we, we take it on, we go into it, we go into the shadow of it, we go into the darkness of it, we go in and we sweat it out of our, uh, out of ourselves and we try and reintegrate ourselves that way. That, that, that to me is what you, you welcome somebody into a culture. You have to, I think that there's a, you have to know what that culture is, you know? So that's a little, that's, that's gone too far in maybe to the, the, the sweat lodge, but that's, that's, a, that's an idea of one of the tools. Uh, one of the primary things, I suppose, is, the, is that you'd have to feel safe, Mark. I mean, you just you would have to feel safe. Um, and I can't say what makes anybody feel safe in my company. I don't know what those things are, you know, and how mm. the, how Michael would speak or how I would speak. I would suspect that when you've gone on the, a journey of healing yourself, and you which which opens up such empathy and compassion, both for yourself and for the people around you into the different stages and difficulties of the journey that we're all on. Um, mm-hmm. You're much more ideally placed, I think, to take caring eyes to somebody. Um, yeah. And you can't say what caring eyes are. You can, you only know when somebody looks on you with caring eyes and, and how, and how, and how, how much of a privilege that is in, in, in many respects, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I guess there's also then the fellas that come, if they're looking for healing, it means that there's, you know, there's some degree of, of, of struggle there, maybe. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no mystery there. Like, we're all struggling in some way, you know. There's no one free of it. Um, that's as part of the human condition, it seems. So if they have taken a step to say, right, I'm going to take that on, uh, generally they are, they'll offer a huge amount more empathy to somebody else who's taken that step than they will to themselves for taking it. Um, we, we also just seem to have that habit. So a lot of care comes from the group as well. Um, yeah. Things like the, the Gaelga has, has certainly attracted a lot of people, just my work with Irish. And then that's, that's, that's attracted people in. And I find, I just, I just have found um, that the people who come with, 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 with the Irish are, are, are a very beautiful um, strain of Irish society as well. Not to say that anybody who doesn't speak it isn't. I mean, it's just that's just a thing that I've noticed, and I and I and I stand by it. Um, and then the practice of hurling and wrestling are two opportunities in the least um, where lads get a little bit of an opportunity to meet the wilder parts of themselves because I actively encourage it and push it. Um, and when they start uncovering those places. Uh, they can, I don't know, get the sense of standing on their own two feet a little bit more and a little bit more autonomy comes in and with that comes conditions for healing as well. So it's, it's it, breath work, the type of music and breath work, the use of, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 
somebody who you love, somebody close to you, your kids, the kids we haven't had yet, whatever, your own, your own inner child, whoever, whatever tools you use, and you, you don't bring them in, bring them in as tools. You bring them in to work with the relationship, like, but they they have the effect of connecting you to your heart and getting you out of your head. And that's the biggest difficulty for fellas getting out of your head, the head that organizes, the head that controls, the head that minds, the head that looks after, uh, that, you know, is constantly looking to make sure everybody else is okay. Once that head stops and the heart takes over a little bit, a different type of vision, like a different dimension of, of vision of, of, of wisdom that you have seems to come to the surface. Um, and, and that's, that's, that's gold for people to find. That's gold for people to realize that because I don't see very many places in society where that's being encouraged. Unfortunately, incredibly valuable. I would think to society as a whole, if we can have people who are, you know, trying to get to these places, um, the last yeah. time we, with the last time we spoke, um, I remember when we were we were at the birthday of a mutual friend of ours, um, and we were speaking about Irish. Actually, we were speaking about Guelga, and yeah. I was saying, you know, how I coming out of school would have been ha- halfway handy at it, but and then um, I haven't practiced it since. You said it was that I remember you saying this very clearly. You said, "Mark, it's the language of of your spirit. It's it's the language of your soul." Um, and, and I thought that was an absolutely wonderful uh, and very romantic way of looking at it. I hear you now that you're talking today and, and you're mentioning things like, you know, this connection with the soul is essentially disconnecting with, with what you said as your head to maybe something that's more deeper, it, it, perhaps a spirit of some kind. Um, I'm wondering, first of all, are you in any way religious? And, and second of all, like, if not, what is your framework for for i don't want to say how to live but what kind of no, principles do you adhere don't to don't say that whatever else you fucking say don't say that don't say that <laughs> um um okay so the first one am i religious um i'm not disciplined enough to be religious unfortunately um Am I religious? I it, I I definitely have, I've I've definitely come back to an appreciation for aspects of our religion here, the religion that grew out of here. If we, you know, are to go back sixteen or seventeen hundred years, um, taken away. I mean, Jesus. So much of the work on these retreats is removing the damage that was done by. You know, yeah. the influence of probably the church on Irish life over a period of 60 or 70 years and the two or three generations there in between who were really impacted by it. Um, but I do also have a profound respect for faith, you know, mm. for faith as a as as a thing. And I know that that's um, I know in our in our in, in, in the world that we're in at the moment that that, that has. That it has repercussions to talk about your faith um because there's so much there's so much triggering like there's so much triggering going on um you just have to hear you know you have to hear the rosary and and all of a sudden like people have their reactions and i saw like you know i saw your man on 
whatever it was, prime time, talking about the abuse that he received, you know, when I was a young fella, I saw that and I saw that I could see that there was an aspect of, the, of Irish society that was like shiny doorknobs with fucking cruel secrets in behind them and everybody playing this role of I'm okay in the high street, but but there's terrible shit after happening yeah. in my family. And and that, and you know, that's an, as you get older, you realise and as you, as you open yourself up to more stories from people, you begin to realise that that's actually, unfortunately, quite common. Um, but that's like, it's like the doorway, like, you know, that's just the, that's the thing around the structure, around this centrality like of, of of faith and i suppose i i read a lot of john mariarty and, and and just at the weekend before the sweat lodge you picked it up because generally i get a bit of inspiration from him um and one of the things he was talking about was how the the, the catholic church wasn't able for its own mysticism i mean when you when you read some of the mystics like the rhineland mystics and suzo and these guys like you know marguerite Perret and the experiences, Teresa of Avila, like you read their experiences, like, you know, sound people, mm-hmm. solid people, like, you know, they're not, they're not fucking around. Like, you know, they're talking yeah. about their, you know, is it uh, Suzo's night of fire? Like, you know, he's talking, describing his night of fire, what that's like, what that was like. Uh, joie, 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 play de joie, uh, joy, 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 tears of joy, like just being ripped asunder, like, you know, and feeling this complete, like, burning burning like beyond sensation beyond 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 all of the faculties that we that we use to navigate the normal world so when you know people have gone through those things it's like we can't ignore it you can't pretend like it's not there and it's not accessible to us because we do have our our own individual experiences of you know momentary though they might be of bliss you know the the blissful experience like true bliss total connection total interconnectedness um so we have those things and the church is the, the the church hasn't done so because the church obviously is the same as any organization like there's something really pure really beautiful and then you build a structure around it and as soon as you build a structure around something it, it's already the essence is already it's, it's 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 gone you know it's ephemeral you can't you, can, you can't grab it like so i don't i wouldn't be a, i wouldn't be a church goer i wouldn't be um i've suffered the same you know, as, as as most other people, I would say with the church in that I just rejected it and said, that's not, that's not for me. But my partner, Siobhan, um, would have grown up with it. And she probably went on her own journey of, of, of discovery of Eastern philosophy and mysticism. And, um, and, and, and she came back to it with fresh eyes. Now she didn't come back to it with, you know, that's all fucked. That's all, that's all that that's never going to return. That was the time of ignorance and uh and passion and those things now it's now we're in the the cold-hearted mind that says this is the way the atom works and that's all it can be um she would have come back in much more applying the wisdom that she learned in the east to her experiences of the church in the west and i have found that she has kind of broken down the sacraments broken down aspects of the church of what they of what their value is not not their effect and it like yes you know in the when you go in and sit in and you you know, you, you confess you know yeah. you confess and we're like oh you what what am i a sinner like is it why 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 should i confess like well we confess because we make mistakes like you know and you can bypass it all you want but yeah like you're gonna have to sit down with yourself or with god or whatever you want to say or whoever you want to call it and you're gonna have to deal with that mistake like you know you don't get you don't get a free pass on it like until you own it and fully own it as an autonomous 
take full, absolute, total and utter responsibility for your role in it. You'll never be free from it. It'll always be waiting up ahead to trip you up. Always. No, I just, I just, I just don't see it. I don't, I don't see it so often. I don't see, I don't, I, I just, yeah, that's the, a movement of my mind anyway. Um, so yeah, that's, it's been a real it's been a real mixture i haven't really found where to go necessarily moriarty has been john moriarty has been my biggest guide i suppose back into uh, our own spirituality a spirituality of the west um and i got caught up in the spirituality of the east now i wouldn't say caught up in it i i i had the benefit of experiencing the the philosophies of the, of, the, of the east um and this idea like what an idea that was to learn that you could stand back like there's the there's the thoughts that you're thinking and then you can take a step back from that and observe the thinker of the thoughts it's like oh okay so all of that stuff that i'm listening to and these stories i'm telling myself they're not all true i'm just I, but there's a person who can decide whether they're true or not so then i'm getting back into something that's closer to the fabric of who i am so the east the eastern philosophies were tremendously valuable in that I love what Mariarty talks about with that, though, is that there's something cold in it. There's something kind of, I'm I'm not going to respond with my emotions to what's unfolding in front of me. I'm going to hold my ground. And the essence of the church is the passion, you know, the passion of Christ. Mm. And, and, and I mm. think because of that, because we have emerged with that, we are a passionate, we are a passionate sort. I'm a passionate yeah. sort. That's my, that's in me. I know that that, I love that I can observe, but I also love being in it. I love being in it. I love being in the thick of it. Um, and so he kind of gave me permission. He gave me permission to do two things. He gave me permission. He gave me permission to do a lot of things, actually. But <laughs> a couple of things he gave me permission to do was to, to experience your passions. That's that, and, and for that to be okay. Um, yeah. And that was a great. That was that was a great learning. The other thing he, he allowed me to do was to go out into the wild. The wild nature of myself, uh, and to go down into the wild nature of myself an awful lot more, and that was uh, a great benefit. And the other thing that he opened up for me was an understanding of the Jesus story, like the Jesus man, not the church, the Jesus man, like the character, the human, who took such a vast evolutionary step for the human race. Like that's all it is. Like you know, I think about it in terms of hurling very often. You know, like I think Tommy Welch took an evolutionary step in how you can play hurling. Like such was his purity and his capability and his courageousness that that to me was like, if, if anybody wants to know, like, like, thank God he was there. Thank God it happened that there was somebody who played the game in that way, because it's, it's, he's he's a light bearer for every young fella to play the game thereafter. Mm -hmm. That's what's possible. That. And Mm -hmm. the, the Jesus man is like that to me in my head now. It's like, okay, so there's a man who just, he, he accepted everything. He accepted everything. He took responsibility for everything, for every single aspect of himself and the world around him, the heaven, the earth, wherever. He accepted everything. And and isn't that what we try and do? Like we try to gain acceptance of the things that are creating problems for us. We have to find some kind of acceptance. And when we do, when we accept autonomously, this is the story, then <clears throat> the monkey mind who's telling you you're not this and you're not that and that's not working and you have this fear and you have that fear or whatever that dissipates in the acceptance so i think jesus was just somebody who accepted all of his 
all of his story and that became uh, a way that we could be then. Um, yeah. That's how that's how I internalize it now. And I wish somebody just said that to me at mass someday and it might have been more fucking interesting. I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, like, okay, uh, tell me some of the brass tacks here. Like, okay, so Teresa of Avila, this, she had this experience. Fucking wow. Like that happened. Wow. And then here's, this is a way of understanding Jesus. Great. Cool. That removes the mystery. I can now just say, right, there was a man once who became like a fucking, you know, much like many of the other ascetics and and um you know the 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 real the ascendant beings that have been on the planet and there have been plenty of yeah. them and there and there still are plenty of them now yeah i think this is an important conversation to have as well and and some people might be like oh, you know I, I for myself for example when i let's say when i was in my 20s completely rejected um all forms of like Christianity and religion and the church. And yeah, I went through yeah. my own journey, like then of discovering things like what you're talking about, like the Eastern philosophies. I remember the first time I tried to, to meditate ever. And this is how strong a hold things like, uh, let's say Western philosophy or, or Christianity or my parents' beliefs. This is what they, you know, how strong their, their, their their beliefs were on me that the first time I sat down to meditate I thought I was just going to go into a trance and lose complete control <laughs> you know obviously far from it Didn't happen, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm still still trying to get there um but then you know learning about that stuff um and and then I'm also trying to rediscover uh Christianity and and its ways and I'm I'm trying to read all aspects of it you know and trying to really understand what these stories are actually trying to say to us you know yeah. a bit like what with your partner you said she was kind of like deconstructing and reconstructing what these stories are yeah um and I think it's important because going back to what you said earlier there there are I, I can see it all through my life and um, whether people are willing to admit it or not but we're all missing something and i'm not yeah. saying that the answer is kind of spirituality or anything like that i'm not saying that it might not be that but we are missing something the the, the comfort the luxuries the, um, the all of the technologies everything that we have i'm not saying it's not that it's not enough but it's not the answer no no, and that's all. That's all they. That's all they are. Like that's all the world religions are. Like you know, there's different, different, different habits or what people think that human beings should do. Like, and if you think that the best thing to do is to create an exit plan, you know, finally there's a human being among us who has created an exit plan. You know, he said, "Okay, I see things are going to shit. I'm creating an exit plan for myself." Uh, and every all the eyes of the world are on him. All the attention is mm. on him. The technology is following him. Um, mm. Is he saying? Yeah. Is he saying? Is he saying? I'm. This is a write-off. You know. Is that is that what we're following? Is that are we following that? Like, I don't know. The church, the religions all decided. Well, I'm going to try and we're going to try and sort out that question. All the religions agree that there is something that ails humanity for some reason. Whatever it is, was it you know. The shifting of the systems from you know the the limbic system like that more ancient part of us then coming into Homo sapien and you know the, the the changes that we underwent and is there is there a discord there? It seems to be old. I don't know. I can't say it seems to be older than that because um that doesn't that doesn't work out history wise. But 
we seem to be suffering this for a long time because we've been addressing it for a long time and all mm-hmm. the religions agree that something ails humanity and they just have different ideas about how we resolve it um and they and they <clears throat> there's the control and the manipulation aspect of it uh yeah. and if you want if you want to write the whole thing off because of that that's fine if you want to put your faith in technology whatever it is that's fine um but they're the ones who they, these are these are like like these guys weren't fucking around like this this is what kind of sometimes it annoys me a little bit like when i uh you know, I, I think maybe it goes back to having played um, sport at a, at, a, at, a, at a decent level. Like, you know, people hmm. people have these, you know, these ideas of their criticisms and stuff like that. Like, you know, and, and, and they say they say things so lightly. They say things so lightly from their... I, I even found it with... Jeez, uh, I don't know how it's gone down this road, but I, I, I see Enoch Burke is an example of it, but there are many others for me. And, you know, there's the mm. memes and there's people sending me stuff all the time and people online with their, you know, hilarious pictures of Enoch Burke outside different places and whatever. Like, and it's grand. Like, it's grand. And, I, and I'm not... I don't agree with Enoch Burke and I'm not, I'm not, on, I'm not on that track. Like, mm. but there are people with fucking miserable lives all I can say is that's what it seems to me. It's been miserable fucking lives. And here's a fellow who's standing his ground. Okay. It's not a ground I agree with, but I do have admiration for anybody who like, who, who goes the distance, like at least they go the distance, you know, what, what, what do you, like you, you spend your evening on social media, watching television and going to your job that you don't like and driving your car that you can't afford, living in your house you can't afford and the art of the bank owns and, you know, you're going to be 70 someday and we wonder what the fuck do they do with it all? Oh, well, I sent memes about a fella who stood his ground. Like, you know, I, <clears throat> and I haven't articulated that to anybody at all, not even any of my friends because I just don't, I, I, I haven't, there's, there's something uneasy in me when I see it and this is the same, it's the same case where you write off religions. You're, you're writing off people who achieved incredible feats, required yeah. enormous courage, forwent so much stuff, like really went after the roots of their suffering, like plowed the depths of themselves. And, and then, you know, you create a, a ruling structure and you put rules in and the natural impact of that fucking 500 years later is you've got priests who, you know, who, who engage in activities that really like you just can't get over. You just can't. How can you get over them? But that's just that's those men, those people. That's that's what happened there. That's what they did. They're just those people. There's also other people who did incredible, incredible things, achieved incredible feats for the human experience. Like, like, if the fucking, if it gets too cold, like, you know, they they get annoyed. If it gets too hot, they're annoyed. If they get, if a bee flies by them, they get annoyed. Fuck off, like, fuck off with your opinions, you know? I'm being quite flippant with that, but I, I really, they went after something and I think it would be exceptionally ignorant of us to think that there's no role for spirituality. I just, I, 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 I think we all feel it. I think you, what you're yeah. saying in the question is we all know that there's something 
no matter how many, no matter no matter what I put in, no matter what I get, no matter what I receive, no matter who's around me, but there's still this, as I said again, the divine dissatisfaction of something of a soul that this body fits into. There's something around us that we're in and we can walk into other people's experiences. Like, you know, sadnesses can come on us. Like, joys can come on us in places. Like, you know, these you know, these things have repercussions and, and, and science is, is only catching up with it. Like, and that's... In so many respects, we look, uh, and many, you know, many of the different religious communities there, some of them don't really care, but some of them do, you know, you know, some of the monks in Tibetan places are putting themselves forward for all of these different tests for their heart rate and their, you know, mind function stuff. And they're blowing all of the fucking, they're blowing the numbers out, um, out of the water. Really? Like, and it's, 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 of course they are, like, they've, they've developed capabilities of control that like you know nobody else nobody else has given that kind of time to like so I, sometimes i just think yeah look at we could listen you could listen um because you could learn something about your own ailments because these are people who went after them um and to 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 just cast them out see how we are the following day i suppose you know i, I don't know i don't know our I, I, I just I don't I don't know I don't know sure I don't know that's the other side of it I don't I mean I don't I don't know um, I yeah. just I'm not sure but I certainly this 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 dimension here is wasn't cutting it like mm. you know you could you could you could navigate the dimension you could navigate it here you know they they said to us in school like do these things and you know we went and did them like and it wasn't it wasn't enough like wasn't it mm. wasn't enough it was too much i thought it wasn't enough maybe it was too much the settledness of your own of that deeper part of yourself um i think is a fundamental opportunity stroke responsibility that we have to tackle because if when you don't and you don't have to go far like you know you don't have to go far anywhere like you know virus society works now quite you know, we're kind of increasingly American in some respects. Like everything's quite polite and quite friendly, and you know, how do you do? And everything is great and grand. And if something goes wrong, like you know, something Absolutely. goes wrong, and that change and that changes very fast. Like you know, something something you you try and be different to people. Like you know, you throw the cat among the pigeons. Like you know, as Michael Harding said, there's only three or four words at a dinner table that can turn everybody into savages. Like and. He's absolutely right. Like because you'll see that people of all their undigested shit will come up, all their mm. uncontrolled urges because they're pretending they're not there. I think you know. Yeah. Um, I could. Yeah, but look, I don't. I, it, it sounds. Wo it probably sounds woefully judgmental. I'm not sure. Like I have those things too. I haven't. Fuck it. I haven't. Um, I haven't mastered any of those things either. Like I'm bit by bit learning how to do it. Like, um, but committed to the task. And that's that's the. That's the thing, isn't it? It's your own journey. Like, I don't think any anyone was born with the answers, um, and we're we're each here trying to discover it for for ourselves in our own way. And and I could talk about this, Dermot, for the next uh, six weeks straight without stop. I'm fascinated by the topic, you know. Um, yeah. But I, I'm there's something else I'm I'm conscious of. I'd say, you know, we have a lot of people who listen to this podcast are actually based outside of Ireland or an expatriate community in Ireland. Um, and a bit like what you said, you just mentioned there that, you know, 
we're becoming increasingly American, maybe perhaps in, in our in our culture and, our, and stuff like that. I think yeah. a lot of people who move here are very curious about Ireland and what it means to be Irish. Yeah. Um, what do you think it means to be Irish? Mark, come on, man. <laughs> come on. What does it mean to be Irish? Jesus, sir, that's um, yeah, it's such a such an such an evolving thing. Thank God, like thank God, it's so it's evolving all the time. Like and and yeah. you know the the people who've come in here have 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 enriched us to no end, and um, and the people who are already here spent long enough enriching us to no end. Um, I suppose my sense of I just picked out a piece um, just want to see if it's the right thing One of the things I, I became interested in on the back of hurling, I suppose, was why teams played in different ways from different places. I couldn't figure out why Kilkenny were beating shit out of us every day for 10 years when they only live up the road, you know, and they have this unique style and we don't have it. It's like, well, how is that? Like, and how do, why do Cork play that way? And why are Galway lads also physical? And why, Oh, why, you know, why is there ding-dong affairs at Walford? Why do we love the kind of swashbuckling style, high catches, pulling in the air? What is, what, what is that? Like, how does that come out of a place, you know? And and so when you extend that outwards, it's like that, that there's definitely something, um, that land of saints and scholars kind of trope in some respects but that's rooted in something very um very relevant and very powerful here like i think given the fact that there's nothing here that kills us you know we're under no danger here from anything probably bar whiskey um that does any damage to us or, or, or the, not that does any damage to us but that can kill us like you know we don't have that concern that maybe other places have so we could give maybe more of our time to these deeper considerations because we didn't have those very you know top level fight or flight kind of tensions that were elsewhere um, and that led may, maybe that led I don't know but something led anyway to a, a, a deeper study um, of the internal experience of music, of art, um, that 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 sense of Ireland definitely, I, f- I feel a great affinity towards it. I don't know that it's Irishness or anything else. I just feel a great affinity towards it. Like, I re- I remember undergoing this process myself. Like when I was younger, I I I, I looked at. MTV and Neighbours and all these things as they were beamed in in the, in the 80s, you know, as I, as I started getting older. I didn't see any, you know, skinny freckle fellow with a hurl in his hand then, you know, just besotted with hurling or, or, or Irish folklore or whatever. I didn't see that coming in. Like, that wasn't cool. Like, so I I turned that part, I turned my back on that part. I mean, that that was, you know, the dearment in me, like, you know, that that beautiful name like you know I just said no I don't and Gizzy was my nickname and that's what I wanted to be called and that's what I wanted to be and I wanted to be you know surfacy very surfacy I responded 
and responded to the world, uh, I think, in some respects. And there was always a great, like a great well to return to. Um, I didn't realize it till I was 28 or 29 and until until I went and explored the, the, the East in many respects that I come back and realize that there was this richness here waiting to waiting to be tapped into. And that came an awful lot through the language as well. The, the language opened up that, that little bit of a different way of seeing this place. I mean, that's what we're doing now. I'm in this camper, like, you know, it's, we're going around Ireland for six months, like, because this is this is the place I want to go around. Like I want to see everywhere here. Like this is a this is less and less for sure as we continue to take it over. But this place is a paradise. Like there is a paradise here. There's a paradise to be seen here, um, and there's a paradise to be witnessed here. If we can just create enough time and space in ourselves to see it and to witness it and to go out. And if we go out into it, there's more chance that we will. And I want my kids to have that appreciation. You know. Um, or to have the opportunity to have that appreciation, to have the opportunity to have that experience. So, yeah, I, I, I have my experience here, I suppose, and that's coloured by the myths and the stories and, um, and and the experiences I've, since I came home to Ireland properly and myself. Um, I have that feeling. And I, I do feel at times, you know, the Sweat Lodge was an example of it, um, but I do feel sometimes like we're welcoming people and... I kind of lament that we don't know what we're welcoming them to. There's the landmass of Ireland and there's the nation state of Ireland. But then there's also, there's Aire, you know, there's there's Eru and there's Bonavan, there's Folan, there's more ancient parts mm. of Ireland and there's ancient places in Ireland. And they all carry, they all carry a significance here um, to the type of people that we are. And I, those those significant things aren't valued anymore because our Instagram following is much more important um, than those things. And I think that that's there's a there's a tragedy in that. There's a great tragedy yeah. in that. Um, um, but if but you, look at if horses for courses like that's I don't, you know whatever whatever people want to do they want to do. I yeah yeah. If you if you were talking to someone whether they be Irish whether they're not from here but they're interested in discovering more about what Ireland really is. Is there any particular thing that you would advise them to do? A book that you'd tell them to read, uh, a place that you'd tell them to go? Um, what would be a, a starting point? Um, the first two things that jump to mind is there's a video, uh, maybe you could post a link to it as yeah. well. It's a good start point for anybody who would like to um, follow that John Moriarty line on, I suppose, rewilding themselves a little bit. Um, and he has an interview, just because it's much more palatable, uh, he has an interview with Tommy Tiernan that's about 12 minutes long on YouTube. Okay. And that that can serve as, a, as an entry point. Uh, he has eight or nine books that are you know, each one is ridiculously difficult as the next uh, to read, but tremendously rewarding. And then he has a, a, a CD collection of 10 CDs called One Evening in Eden. And One Evening in Eden is, I, from what I can work out, is basically John Moriarty standing in front or sitting in front of a group of learned people of Ireland uh, speaking and it's being recorded. And I've just, it's, it's, It's overwhelming in its beauty, like, and its depth, Isn't and it's, and, and that it came from here, like that it came from here is, 
it, I just feel it has repercussions. I feel it will in time. People are will 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 become increasingly wise to it. Um, the second thing I would say is to get off the path. Get off yeah. the path. Um, get off the path when you go out into the woods. Climb a fucking tree. Get involved again. Get involved again. Like put your hand in dirt. Feel it. Like get get off the path. We we're, we did well. We've done well. The the the, the um. The, the the lockdown was was very beneficial for people rediscovering their place again. You know that was a real gift to, pe- to people. Um, but sometimes I still, you know, you know, Mariarty tells a lovely story about walking through a forest with a botanist, and the botanist is pointing out all of the different things, and you know, he's writing them down in his notebook, and Mariarty is like swaying, swooning with the beauty of a, the sunlight falling on a beech leaf, like he's in he's in he's in paradise, like you know, and. Your man walks through, and at the end, my artist says, "Well, what did you think of Balnehinch Wood or wherever it was?" And I said, "Well, I've you know, there's three species of things I didn't even realize grew up here." And he said, "Like, did you set foot in the forest? Were you in the forest, or were you were you in your 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 scientific idea about the forest? Get out of that. Get off the path. Climb a fucking tree. Go go. Just go into it. Just go back out into it. And don't know. You don't. You don't always need to know where you're going, and you don't need to know why you're walking down a particular direction. You don't need to. You just like, you know, follow the girl with apple blossoms in her hair. Like follow a whim. Follow. Just mm-hmm. follow it. Follow it. You you'll come back out. Like you know, there's nowhere here that you you'll get to. You know, obviously, if it's a one of the one of the Killarney National Park, you need to be kind of smart about things for sure. You know, you follow your track or whatever. But, but fundamentally, like you know, I would say, get off the track and 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 remember that your house, your home, home is a beautiful thing and it's a very very important thing. Obviously, and particularly when you have kids, you know that sense of home is is, is so important. But it's also just a shelter. Yeah. It's also just a shelter. Your house can also just be, you know, it's a home, but it's also a shelter. We don't even spend all of our time in our homes. We can spend a lot more time outside, you know, for longer periods of time. We can bring the food with us. We can find food out there. We, we can do, you know, you can you can open up. There's other ways. There's other ways. Just I think, you know, I'm just I'm trying to say things, I suppose, that just jar, jar the reality in the way that it was jarred for me when I heard those things because that then I could no longer trust. And, and that's hard as well. And I, I, I want, I'd like to definitely acknowledge that that's hard to have your story shaken too much because yeah. it's good to rest your head somewhere. Um, it may be uncomfortable. It can become very uncomfortable for people to ask deeper questions because they may not be able to go back into their job in the bank or, or wherever, you know, that has repercussions. But as far as I, I can observe for the people who I've, watched and, and, and have haven't been one of them who have pursued the girl with apple blossom in her hair it's it's been there's no, yeah there was never any other way i suppose you know amazing um i'm very thankful for the time you've, you've given to me um i've absolutely loved the conversation i'm i'm curious i i if we could ever do this again maybe even in person one day i'd absolutely love to do it i'm curious about why when you were 28 29 we had that kind of discovery of the eastern philosophies perhaps when you were traveling i'm not sure um i'm curious about like what you have learned from the gaa that have you brought into the person that you are now um like that's a 
that's something oh. I'd, I'd love to learn more about as well. You oh, know, the pros and the cons. There's a question. Well, I tell you what I learned this week now. This is what I learned this week. Um, and I don't need this to be right or wrong for anybody else. I'm just telling you what I learned this week. This is this is the lesson I learned this week is that hurling in Ireland, a father's love for his child is hurling is the tool for that to be shown. Mm. That's that was a that was a like we, you know, my generation, maybe a little bit before me, lament not having fathers who told them that they loved them. And then you become a father yourself and you realize, oh, oh, okay. That's because it's not up for, it, it's not, it's it's not, there's not a question. To, for someone not to say it, you and your youthfulness might think is that because it's up for grabs but when you become a parent you're like ah, oh, okay it becomes apparent that it that it, that is the relationship it's there's nothing outside of it there's there is like there's 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 loads of other things in it but the the umbrella within under which it all flows is love and and i had that conversation with myself Funnily enough, uh, there was good reason for it, but I was having that conversation last week in a kind of a small performance that I was just thinking up of on the spot. And that was the final point that I ended up at was that it, it there's so much about the game and all of its mechanics and uh, and the careers and the crowds and Crow Park and all of those things. Like, But the game is the game is the tool for Irish men to tell their children that they love them. Um, I know that women bring young girls and young boys to games. I know that, you know, that's, there's a whole spectrum in terms of sexuality and all of that stuff. And I, I'd run the gauntlet of offending all of them. Uh, by saying that that's what I feel that the game is, and I don't mean that they're, that I don't mean that that puts anybody else that I don't, I don't think that they're not absolutely welcomed, valued, and treasured in it. I a hundred percent think they are. Um, mm -hmm. But there's something that, that, that maybe the Irish man needs to, because because now it's the other side. Now I think we're in danger of slipping down the other side. Now. Now it's, I love you, I love you, I love you. And it's like, yeah, well, but are you showing me? Am I seeing it? Am I seeing it in your actions? Am I seeing it in how you're showing up for the family? Am I seeing it in how you're taking care of yourself? Am I seeing, am I seeing that love? Or are you just telling me you love me because you weren't told? Um, mm. Whereas the game, I think, operates in this small little fucking weird portal of here's a tool within which all of that can come together and can happen. I invest my time and maybe, you know, that's, I, I had the experience of a very, you know, that's how my father did it for me. Like that's how he showed me, he, you know, he, 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 he gave me the gift of the game. Yeah. But yeah, was, uh, that, that works on, you know, that's not just for playing. That's for people who, you know, it's a lovely, I heard a lovely story, or I read a lovely story. It was in Ty Coakley's book about the game, actually. It's called The Game. And one of the things that he said was a friend of his was down visiting her her mother's grave at about six o'clock in the evening on a summer 
Sunday in 2004 and Waterford had just won the Munster final uh, for the first time in a long time. And at about six o'clock, cars started pulling up to the grave the graveyard and all of these men mm. started getting out at 40 and 50 years of age and going to the graves and telling their fathers about the game. If you mm. ever heard anything <laughs> fucking beautiful in all yeah. of your life, like Jesus, Jesus. So that, that's what I mean. Not like as a player and a coach father, not like, not that, just that bond, that bond, mm. like the game is the bond. Um, so that's what I've learned about hurling in the last week and every week <laughs> something new, <laughs> something new comes in. But that's what it is this week, man. So it's a nice question. Uh, it's a nice question to get in there. Yeah, and maybe a, a nice way to finish the conversation as well. Um, cool. I'm, I'm going to put a, a link um, to obviously your your social media and things, but like in terms of the 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 retreats, the Gwell talks, um, how can we can we find you? Can we learn more? Can we get in touch? Um, just go on to maybe Wild Irish Retreat or, or you see stuff on Dermot Ling. We just did one this weekend, so I, I'll put up a few things in the week. Um, we have another one in two weeks' time. So that's the f- wow. 12th to the 14th of May, and there's, I think, three or four places up for grabs on that one. Um, and I'm delighted to be able to kind of stand over that and say, you know what, I think... You might have a bit of fear because it's, you know, there's a bit of, it's it's different. Uh, it's a different yeah. commitment from the time. But looking at what the lads walked away with, looking at the pressure cooker being just home, just like the pressure valve released, looking at the, the like a physical change and felt a physical change in a weekend, imagine like a fella coming in looking haggard and leaving fucking beaming, like, you know, that kind of, that that's possible. That's possible. No matter how, what, what's going on for you, like, that's possible. Um, that's happening and that's possible. So yeah, bring it on. Yeah. Um, I think that that work that you're doing is extremely important. Um, so just, you know, from my behalf, thank you for doing it. Um, I think it's, it's, it's something that we need more of. Um, and I hope that what you're doing continues to, to grow. And I don't mean that in, in, in terms of like, oh, I, I mean it in terms for our society. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, look, whether you hope it or not, it's, it's growing. Whether I hope yeah. it or not, it's mm-hmm. growing. And it's going to continue to Good. grow. For sure. For sure. Good. Um, I'd like to get involved as well at some stage. Um, I'll get in touch uh, at another time um, about that. Um, we can do a follow-up hope- follow podcast from the retreat. Nah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be good fun. Um, Dermot, thanks so much. You're very welcome, Mark. Thanks Um, very much for the invite, man. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 